Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And in this episode, we're speaking to Carmen. Carmen is actually relatively young, especially compared to uh, me, I'd say. And, and, he's, and me. He's been passionate about classic cars for a long time, and mainly in the American muscle, I would say, and the American classic cars, along with the Australian classic cars. Carmen, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Ari. So to be here. How long have you been interested in classic cars? I mean, you're young. You're a young man. How old are you? Yes, well, 26 at the end of the month, 31st. So, yeah, no, I've been passionate about cars since I was a little boy, always running around the workshop when uh, Dad had the business back in... It was a fair few years ago, I think. A fair few years ago, yeah. When he started the business, he was doing classic cars uh, back then, and then he did the Japanese for a while, didn't he? He did. He um, did the classic cars, did the muscle cars for a long time, and then he got into um, Japanese cars pretty heavily. So when we're saying did, what import them and sell them or fix them, race them, what did he do? Is he a mechanic? What's your dad's background? Mainly imported them, didn't he, and mainly, for sale? Mainly imported them. He did a lot of works on them. They had about six mechanics in the workshop at that time and there was a lot of works to get them complied. Yeah, with those Japanese cars, there are huge compliance. Yeah. <laughs> so Actually, was- just on that, sorry to cut you off, how, how long did it take by the time the car came from Japan and then got compliant up and ready to sell? Was it a long process? Is it three months, six months? It's, it's not a long process. It takes, I think it took around eight to 10 weeks to get the cars over here and then with all the works that they needed to do and then getting them registered or selling them as is I think it was around 12 to 15 weeks I'm not Turnarounds too sure that, yeah. that's, that's a Skylines and those Godzillas and those GTRs yeah, and Supras and Surfs yeah. and a lot of the um, what was it the 180SX brought a lot of those in Yeah, and you know people talked about those cars that might not be reliable you don't know how many kilometres they've done but they ended up being quite reliable they ended up being quite reliable and they've skyrocketed in value in sort of today's world. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so g- going back onto the uh, classic American muscle cars, what really took your eye early days? Through school when I was young, or like when I was young and then through school, didn't have a massive passion for cars, but it was still there. Dad always took us on cruises. We were always, when we were young, we were always around the cars. First year out of school, I worked civil construction, <clears throat> went to uni, wasn't my sort of thing, only did a year of uni, wasn't my sort of thing, went back to civil construction, worked there for four years and then went on a holiday with my mates and then sort of started working for dad and I was more concentrated on property development but over the last sort of six months, I've become more um, passionate about my cars, I love my old classics, I love sort of dad's pro street cars and my eye for classics and I'm sort of becoming more knowledgeable now with the engines. I'm looking at old wrecks and people will look at that and see nothing. I see just potential for something good to come out of it. So what are you buying cars that have need restoring, fully restored? So if we see if we see the potential to restore the car, we'll, we'll restore it. But if we see the car... Like we can sell it as is as a project car, we'll we'll do that. Okay, so you've got the facilities there at the Joe's Golden Gasolines to be able to sort out all the mechanicals, 
get it registered if they need to be registered. Otherwise, the owners can get it registered. But what about, you know, body work and paint? That is, you've got all yeah. that covered as well. Yeah, so we've got a couple people uh, on board now that do panel work, do paint work. And as you said, if the car, if we do sell a car and the customer wants it to be registered, we can do all the works to get that car registered. So yeah, we can we can go down that road, or we can sell the car as is. And so it's really a one stop shop now, at Joe's Golden Gasolines. You can get find your car, get it restored, all on site under one roof. Get all the experts doing it all, and then have it ready to go and drive it off the lot. Depending on the length of works, if it is a project car, the client or the customer sort of goes down that road of doing it themselves, the panel work and the paint. But if it needs a little bit of a touch up or a little bit of body work, we will do that. And then, yeah, mirrors, lights, if it's Corvettes, intrusion bars, to get it registered, we'll go down that road. But if it's a massive length of works, it's not sort of our... Well, it, it is our expertise, but um, you're concentrating on we're sort of concentrating it. on bringing more classic, original, low mileage cars over that don't need as much work. Dad did bring over a lot of project cars back in the day, but it was a lot easier back then. We're having a little bit of troubles with the government at the moment with the asbestos laws. Um, so we're just talking to federal government at the moment. Because this is some of those old cars, the brake pads and stuff. The brake got pads, asbestos, asbestos in there, yeah. the gaskets, the gaskets. Yeah. But yeah, it's we're getting them checked over in the USA. Uh, and most of these cars we are talking about coming from the US. Yes, uh, yes. But I, I did notice that you know you've not only got the American cars, the classic and the muscle cars, but you've also had some Europeans, which uh, we we <laughs> tend to like. You've There's got a couple of Ferraris, yeah. Ferraris there, yes. Alpha Spider, Fiat Spider, I think. We've got a couple 308 Ferraris, very nice cars, nice drivers. Uh, we've got two 911 Porsches, sports coupes, and then we've got an Alfa Romeo and a Fiat Spider there as well. Yeah, so the Alfa Romeo, I think it's the one from The Graduate, I think. Yes, the, uh, yes, the, film the Graduate with Dustin Hoffman. That's so it. That, that is a classic. They are one. classics. Yeah. 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 But, you know, so when people come into the place to have a look around, do you find they really set on what they want or what do they do? Mosey around and then say, look, I like that, I'm going to take that sort of thing? Some people do come in, they're after one car, they come in, we sort of, Try and make it feel welcoming. We'll give you a coffee, have a good chat about where you where you're from and how we've started, and yeah, we'll go from there. But yeah, someone comes in, they they're after just one car. They'll sort of have a look like look at it and then look at maybe similar cars, but sort of edge their way back to the car that they inquired on. But we have had people that have come in looked at one car and then have sort of eyed off another car and bought that car. We had one customer come in and he bought a 72 Mustang and they were walking out of the shop and his wife actually looked at a C4 Corvette that she fell in love with and we sort of, our C4 Corvettes, we look at low mileage Corvettes. We've got at the moment, we've got a ZR1 in there that has 7,000 original miles on there. It's immaculate. But yeah, she walked out um, also with the C4 Corvette. So yeah, that was pretty exciting. Two cars and sort of the one deal. And yeah, it was yeah, really and, good. And they would have gone away happy. And most of these cars, uh, Carmen, are left-hand drive? Yes, they, they're all left-hand drive. So that means they've got to be older than 30 years. 
Is yes. that is that still the rule, the thirty? Or because yes, they were correct. talking about changing it to twenty five. So yeah, it's still still thirty years. That's that's correct. Okay. So uh, when you look at yeah, you, know, you mentioned the Mustang. There's a big fad. Everyone wants Mustangs. I've noticed lately, especially American muscle. Is that is how many inquiries do you get just for the Ford Mustang? So we've had a lot of people ask if we're bringing over any '67 Mustang fastbacks. Everyone wants a '67 fastback Mustang. They're incredibly hard to get. They've just skyrocketed over there in the states. They're yeah talking big money. And is that is that mainly because that was the last one of when they kept it to that quite small compact size, and then the '68 started getting bigger. The '68s started to get a little bit more bigger. People people still like the sort of the fastback sort of shape, but I don't know. Everyone's sort of after the '67, '68s are there, and then '69 Boss Mustangs they're still very popular as well. But yeah, I know everyone sort of wants that '67. 69 Boss Mustang, but yeah, they're just pulling big money in the USA. So how do you go about sourcing stock and finding stock? I mean, we're in COVID at the moment. We can't travel. You guys would go over to the States generally how many times to look at cars and buy cars? Well, the last the last three years, Dad actually went over um, in 2017 and that's when we sort of started it again. We were back in the day, it was Dad was going over two to three times a year to America um, and buying big loads of cars. He would come back with 10 cars or would come back with 20 cars. And they were cars that people had asked for or just what he knew just, that would work? Just what he yeah knew that he would like that would work. Um, he brought over a lot of Cadillacs, Chevys, Camaros, Corvettes. It was sort of everything. It was So we have a large variety of cars that probably people have never seen before. We have a lot of Chevys, Cadillacs, Corvettes, but there's also Trams Ams in there, Pontiacs. We've got a Nash Metropolitan in there, which I put up for sale not too long ago. And there's a 49 Hudson in there. We've got a couple motorbikes, Oldsmobiles. There's just yeah, can't never be, right. Some that Carmen are mentioning. They're all classics, obviously. But you can tell, you know, through my lifetime, I've heard all those cars being mentioned. I mean, you know, Smokey and the Bandit days, those Trans Am, that Pontiac Trans Am. I mean, who can forget that car? You know, the Hudson was bought back in the Cars movie, the Hudson yeah, Hornet, Hudson. right? That, you know, those are all classic cars. And where's most of the demand coming around Australia? I mean, is it local or is it all over Australia? And do you sell uh, nationally or internationally also once, the, once you've got your cars? There's a few people internationally, but we have get a lot of our interest from sort of Victorians, people from Sydney or New South Wales. We've had a few people from Queensland and there is there is still a lot from Adelaide, South Australia. And then we've yeah, we've got a few inquiries from even America I've posted on the Facebook and Instagram. Like social media is just such a big thing these days. You know, you buy the car from America, it comes to Australia, we fix it and do what we do here, restore it a little and bit and we it send back. it back to America. We've we've got a, a 1965 396 big block Corvette in stock. Really, really nice car. Um, has all the extras on it, uh, side pipes and knockoff wheels. And there's been three guys call me from Los Angeles, can we work out something to bring it back over to America? I want to buy this car. That, so. That's amazing, really. When you think of that, where you still think they've got many, many cars available still over there. And they're in their backyard. Yeah, and they're in their backyard. <laughs> they're in their there, backyard. There's so many cars over there that yeah, no one knows about. Our, we've got 
heaps of scouts over there and then with instagram being such a big part of our social media as well there's heaps of people saying do you want to buy this car and then i've been following people over in los angeles and other places a lot of people trying to sell me cars and at the moment covid's hasn't impacted it a lot like we worked right through and to like sort of get the warehouse up and running and we should be sort of hopefully i'm driving the team to be open in december but with the asbestos laws it's yeah very hard to bring cars over but yeah there are a lot of scouts over but there. i'd say demand would outstrip supply every day you know you're going to have demand coming every day for these classics and i think is, what's the demographic of the people looking at buying these classics? Are they elderly people? You know, are they younger people buying them? What is, you know, is it a 30, 40 year old want to relive their, or a 50 year old want to relive their youth? You know, who are looking for these classic cars? There's a lot of older people, but I'm trying to convince my mates to get into it. And because my, all my, oh, sorry, I post a lot of the Joe's Gotten Gasolines on my personal page. And I'm just trying to, drive my mates into get into these cars because i love i have such a big passion for classic cars and i just want my mates to be around me with their cars as well that they've so you can go to shows together yeah but yeah my my ultimate goal i love south australia i want to do so much for south australia i love helping out small businesses and that's what i there's so many opportunities that could potentially happen down the road. Selling out of Joe's Gone and Gasolines, it may just be coffee shops or I love my food. So even cafes to start out of there, like maybe diner down the road. But the link, the link always back is about classic cars. It's about the classic cars. Yeah, you know? the link comes back to yeah, Joe's Gone and Gasolines, classic cars. And, and, and you say it's a, a warehouse that you're sort of getting ready, but really it is a showroom. It is, it is a showroom. We've utilised the warehouse. We've got big space there where all the cars are presented or polished up presented to the public and then we've situated ourselves with an office there. We've got a full, fully operational workshop there as well with six hoists and a quarantine wash bay. So when we sort of do sort out these um, asbestos laws and talk to the government about that, blah, blah, we will down the road be able to get the containers passed all through customs yes yes and then dropped off at our warehouse we'll open them up clean all the cars in our quarantine wash bay and then go through the workshop get them presented so it's so it is a a one-stop shop yes yeah certainly what you're talking about with the the rules about the asbestos coming over you know that's affecting a lot of people many people talk about those sorts of rules and you know you're saying you get it inspected over there and sometimes you'll change things like the brake pads or whatever uh, before it comes here yes that's it so we get everything sort of checked over there we sort of want to bring the cars over so we can just get them checked in uh, adelaide and then get them on a truck and bring them to our place it's we've been stopped a few times from custom custom stopping our containers and then doing more checks on gaskets the roof lining which is ridiculous and sound deadener on the cars it's honestly ridiculous we had a, a 1936 ford come over and they stripped the whole engine and gave it back to us in pieces it's a 36 ford that's for you to rebuild for us to rebuild like we have no idea how to put it back together they've just taken just everything off it? they just take everything off and just give it back to us wow. in pieces maybe they want to know what it was like <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so how many customers come in and you haven't got the car in the yard? 
Do you source it for them or is that a more difficult process? We can source it for them. At the moment, we're just sort of slowing down the importing. We've got a lot of stock, a lot of cars in the showroom. I'm just sort of sorting out this asbestos with the government. If we can sort that out, then we've got a lot of cars still to come over. We've still got about 40, 45 cars that are still over there waiting to be shipped. And most of the cars come from California or are they yes. all over the... Oh, it's mainly yeah. California. A lot of them do come from California, but yeah, depending on where the auction is at the time, we do buy from sort of, yeah, everywhere. And that's mainly, I think, also because of the weather conditions, so you don't that's get... It. So what percentage of the cars uh, of these classics have been modified? That come over? Or are they all in, you know, is a large percentage in original condition? We, we try and buy low mileage original cars, but you don't know what's happened over there. They may have had a little paint job or the engine's been tweaked a little bit. It's probably around 40%, 30% of the cars are modified. Okay. That's not bad though. I mean, when you're talking about a car that we're talking about 40, 50 years old, you know, Correct. You, you do expect there's changes going to be made to that car along with the, the different owners. It just goes yeah. to show one of our earlier podcasts, do you modify your classic? Well, the large part of the population obviously aren't modifying their classic. That's good. A lot of people do love to see an older car original, but some people do like to buy the car and then do the paint job to it or customise it to their liking. What we try and do is import low mileage sort of original cars. That's what a lot of the people love to see and love to sort of get their hands on. And I suppose when when they are low mileage and original, the customer that comes in will say, well, hang on, it really it's a pity to modify this one. I might buy one that is not so original and I'll modify that one instead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it just depends on yeah what they want to do and way they want to go about things. I, I personally love cars that are old, original, and then you can just do sort of a patina look to it, put a clear over it, and it just gives it a little bit more character like that. Oh, that's just me. Not a rat rod type thing. Not not a rat rod type thing. We, we've got a, oh, what year is it? A 67 Mercury. It looks a little bit like the... Um, Hudson. No, not the Hudson. Not the Hudson. The, it's a Mercury late model sort of one it looks sort of like the king's woods of valiance it sort of looks like that but it's an american car that has a patina look we polished it up has a patina look to it and we're deciding if we should should put a clear over it but it's just the paint on it's a bit rough and you can just sort of drive it out like that or you could go down the road and do the paint job to it but i think with the years it's an original car it just looks so much better it has a lot of character to the car if you just keep it like that yeah so if it's original paint really as we've said before in one of our earlier podcasts it's only original once that's so, right that's so it. if that's original paint if it's got a few blemishes and that it really probably doesn't matter yeah that's it Mick I'm going to ask you so we know we've got Carmen and uh, down at Joe's Golden Gasolines we've got a myriad of American classics and European classics, but let's go on the American classic. If there's one American classic car you wanted the boys to get for you, what would it be? For an American classic, for me, I would like a small muscle car. So if I was going to say I want an American classic, I don't like the big ones. So the the big, uh, you know, the big Cadillac, the Cadillac, the really for Chevy, me, yeah. yeah, for me, it's not that. The I do like the. Um, the 65, 66, uh, and 67 fastback, but also I do probably prefer the look of the Camaro. Okay. Well, Camaro, Camaro is still, well, it's a pretty big car. It's a big car, but the earlier ones weren't as big yeah, probably, yeah. but with a, a, a decent size engine. The only thing is I like cars that 
can go around corners as well. Yeah. And yeah. often the uh, the American muscle cars are really for straight line and Ooh, cruising. How about the uh, Corvettes, the late model or the early model Corvettes? Well, early they, model Corvette, the the real early ones, although they look good, they say they don't drive that well. Is that we have to drive them? We're going to head down to, there and drive them. You have to drive them, and they they went through the twenty four hour Le Mans and races like that. Yeah, so going a, a around Corvette corners would, and and yourself, Ori, what would you think? I know. I, know, I grew up with the Dukes of Hazard. I want a oh, 1969 yeah. Dodge, Charger. Dodge Charger. I want it exactly like the Dukes of Hazard. I've always wanted one of those. I've got the little model cars at home. With all the vinyl so and the whole, the whole lot. Thing. It has to be a complete replica. It has to look exactly like that car. I think we can we can sort something out yeah, there. Yeah, that's the one I want. Me. But that's actually quite big. It is the a Dodge very, Charger very big, big car. car. It, it does. It looks tough, i got to say. Uh, Mick, I, I drive know. an XA Falcon. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So, again, that's one I like, but really, you know, the real big ones, I, you know. As not, a, a, not a 58 Corvette? A 58 Corvette, yes, or I'd say. Or six, 64 fuel-injected Corvette or 63 split-window Corvette? Uh, 63. Oh. Now, the 63 Corvette, would that still be Carby? Uh, or was that fuel-injected? No, it wasn't fuel-injected. I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, 63? I, I think the 63 would be carby rated. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be carby red. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably prefer still the carby one. And uh, I think we have to head down the uh, Joe's Golden Gasolines and we can have a look around. And I've got to say, I haven't driven many of the American, American classics. So maybe if you pop down, we can we can go on for a test drive and watch. Yeah, that's a worry, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> uh, look, a, look out for our photos on Instagram, listeners. Yeah. Anyway, so it's uh, it's interesting with these uh, interesting and amazing the variety of cars and the the the, the difference what people do and but don't like. But just the passion that people have for different classics, right? It doesn't have to be a European classic or an American classic. Do you get many requests for UK classics, MG yeah, and the like? We've had a few people ask and maybe down the track we may... Because they're the smaller type, you know, the Triumph, the MGs, the beautiful looking cars now, right? Beautiful looking cars. Maybe down the track we may start importing from there. We don't know. And often with the those, uh, you know, in terms of engine size and capacity, they really weren't, you know, if you wanted horsepower, you, you don't get much out of a 1600 you don't You don't get more, yeah, you don't get much power out of them. It's more sort of the vintage, stylish, more English cars, yeah. yeah. I do like the MGA, I've got to say. The MGA has got some nice lines. When they went to the MGB, it wasn't as nice, I don't think but again it was only what size engine that was a 1600 or 1500 or something we've got a little nash metropolitan uh, which was built in london and then shipped to the usa and we imported that over that's probably our own or like one of our english cars as well nice so you've imported that from the US though still from from the USA yes yeah UK to US US back to Australia and Australia they will sell it back to the US which will then in turn sell it back to the UK <laughs> so so that one there is it still left hand drive still left hand drive yes so that might have been an American delivered one then I think so yes okay do many people want to still convert them to right hand drive or everyone's more, sort of is it more comfortable now that they are leaving them left hand. A lot of people do leave them left-hand drive, but there are people that do convert them over to right-hand drive just because if it's doing a long drive, stuck behind a truck maybe, it's hard to sort of overtake people. But people sort of more drive them, just cruise them. Yeah, go to car shows on weekends. Go to car shows. I've got a question. Yeah. Do you guys service these cars? Where do I take – if I buy one of these, where do I go and service it? Down the road. We're sort of just trying to get all of our stock ready, presented, polished – 
Um, and then down the road, we may do servicing for old American cars. Yeah, that's great because you want someone that knows the car. I mean, Mick, who who would you know, who would we go to here? I think with American classic cars, though, there's a lot of the mechanics that have worked on the Ford engines and the the Holden or the Chevy engine uh, are so, going to be able to deal with it. Though they might have you know the brake boosters and other things might be a little bit different. And also in terms of parts. Uh, unless the rare ones, you can normally get parts for them. Yes, there's a place in Melbourne that we use a lot. It's all American auto parts. We get a lot of our parts from there, but we do. We have started importing a few parts for people and for us as well from America. Talking about the ones that you know, Ori, that you would have would like as a muscle car in an American car. Yourself, Carmen, if you had to pick one car that you wanted to keep and drive around, what would it be? Like a car that's not in the wor- in the showroom at Doesn't the moment? Doesn't have to be in the showroom. It's just a car that... So my, my dream car is a 1970 Plymouth Superbird with the big wing on the back. It's a oh, bit... Yeah. It's a niche car. I like my niche cars. I like the sort of cars that you don't see every day. It would have to be the four-speed manual Hemi car, which they only made 58 of. And when you say Hemi car, so it's a big block as well? Big block as well. So what is that, 440? It would, Yeah, I think it's 440. But yeah, that that is the ultimate car for me. And if I ever get to that stage, that's sort of, yeah. Have any ever come through the... No, no. There's, no, there's one in... 58 in the world, honestly. How many are 58. 58 manuals. And then there's 178 total with the auto. Comparing it manual to auto, in terms of the American muscle cars, what is the preference? Is it still the preference to have the automatic? I know the American muscle cars generally had the automatic. Depends what you want to drive. If you like driving manual, you go manual. If you like driving auto, but a lot of people do tend to try and go auto, sort of the big block cars, uh, just a little bit. More safer, I guess. But yeah, manual is always a lot funner to drive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what we 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 love we're the gate. We love, love the gated manuals. shifter. We're gated shifter. We're stick shift. That's well, it. the two Ferraris you got are, are gated shifters, They're and, gated and, shifters, and yep. that's what we we like. Certainly. So, Ori, I think we'll leave it there. I think we'll leave we, it there. We need to go and see the boys down at uh, Joe's Golden Gasolines. Obviously. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we look forward to uh, coming to visit. No, uh, I, look, I look forward for you guys coming down there and thank you very much for having me today. Yeah. No worries. Thank you, Carmen, and thank you, Ori. We're going to leave it there. Um, like always, you can reach the show via email, mickandori at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to check out our Instagram page and website. Details will be in the show notes. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.